I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Gator Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. Guys, it is game week. We made it. It is time to put toe to leather, baby. As always, I'm your host, Hirsch, and with me are my awesome co-host, CJ the Man McCann. What's up, guys? And the hype man, Wes. What's good? What's good, Gator Nation? Hype is on 10 this week. Hype is on 10, boys. Football is back. Guys, before we get started, we just want to go ahead and Wish everyone, uh, you know, be safe in as this tropical storm and hurricane approaches the, the Gulf. If you're in the way of this storm, please take it seriously. Take care of you and yours. Our thoughts are with you guys. You know, hopefully you're able to stay safe and watch the game. Or, you know, if you're traveling, stay safe. You know, you're, you're always more important than any football game. So just take care of you and, uh, you know, we'll get through it, baby. Just another part of part of this season. As always, make sure, guys, you go out there and download us wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, guys, make sure you go ahead, subscribe to the channel, drop a like on the video, and leave a comment down below. You'll be entered into the giveaway for this hat from our good friends at Alma Mater, the Swinging Gators Golf Hat. This is the last opportunity of the month, guys, to enter into that giveaway. So make sure you've done those three things. At some point in time during this month that you have subscribed to the channel, dropped a like on the video, and left a comment down below. All right, boys. It's time to time to get into it. But before we do, we want to talk a little bit about our commitments. Friday nights have uh, started up hot, man. Uh, high school football is in the air. Our boys took the, to the field last weekend, and some of them had some really good weekends. And, of course... Unless you're under the rock, you've already heard about the weekend that DJ Lagway had, the Friday night that young man had. Uh, he didn't get to play a whole lot. I mean, just just a half of football, but 19 to 21 passes completed, 425 yards, seven passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and one half of football. Now, yes, was his competition bad? Yes, they were. Did DJ play an excellent football game? Yes, he did. Our good friend Harrison, if you know Harrison, if you're on Twitter and you, and you follow Harrison, he was at the game. He actually texted me the same the next morning and said that. He said, was the team bad? Yes. 
what did the kid play exceptional? Yes, both things can be true at the same time. Um, because believe me, if he hadn't have put up these kind of numbers, people would have been complaining that he didn't dominate a poor team. So, young man did what he had to do. He was he was lobbying to try to stay in to set the Texas record for touchdowns in a game, but his coaching staff played it smart, got him out of the game. DJ had a phenomenal first week. Look forward to seeing it. I'm sure he'll drop about 10 points in the rankings after that performance. Um, word is, word is, he shrunk two inches at halftime. They're going to take him. They're going to take a few wood. Um, speaking of guys that are quote unquote too short, uh, Jamonta Waller had an outstanding game for his team out in Mississippi. Um, sacks, pressures, batted down passes at the line of scrimmage. I don't care what on three or whoever says about this young man's measurables. If you watch this young man play football, you cannot help but be impressed. He has a nonstop motor. He causes havoc or as we might like to say chaos. Um, you know, let's throw that out there. Uh, one more guy I wanted to hit on Xavier Filsamy was the uh, player of the week. At his high school, he had an outstanding game. He had like six tackles, three passes defended, a forced fumble recovered for the at the at the end of the game. I mean, just exactly what you would expect out of the five star safety out of Texas. Um, CJ, anybody from Friday night stand out to you? How about freaking Wardell Mack? I think he watched the uh, the major Ooh. right uh, hit on Oklahoma a few times, and he got fired up. Because he went out there and laid the wood to somebody. Got caught on a silly penalty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm absolutely, absolutely crushed the guy. I think they um, just called the penalty because he hit him too hard. To be very yeah, honest, I, I mean, it was to me, it was textbook. He just hit him. It's football. Uh, I love to see that. Uh, Dre Hawkins, even though he wasn't catching a lot, his stat line doesn't look a lo- really great. I think that's a lot to do with the quarterback he's playing with at IMG because that guy was virtually unguardable for a team that is in the upper echelon, has a lot of D1 guys playing in the secondary. He does not have an accurate quarterback. <laughs> I mean, Jeray was just torching guys. I mean, you could really see that track speed come to life. Uh, those are the two that really, I think, stood out to me, aside from the, the obvious ones. But for sure, Jeray Hawkins is every bit as fast as they, they say he is. Yeah, they they. Uh, I watched some of that broadcast, and they were really pointing him out. Um, and the other route receiver, and I can't remember that young man's name, but they, they were – they were beating their coverage, but their quarterback is is he's got a happy arm. He throws a little long, a little short, never quite right where it needs to be. Wes, anybody that stood out to you? Uh, no I was going to talk about Hawkins as well. Like, see, I mean, a lot of times you see guys that are track speed, uh, track fast, and then it doesn't translate to the football field. His speed translates to the football field, and, and I just can't wait to hit that. I mean. Speed. I mean, we we talk about the guys that we already have on staff last year as wide receiver and their speed, but this kid has a, a, a he's he's different. He's one of those guys that you like, yo. He's moving and everybody is still standing still. Seems like that's how fast he is. So. CJ gonna say it. <laughs> I know he was. He, he fast. He <laughs> really fast. He's so fast. He make fast people look not fast. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's kind of where uh, Urban Meyer was saying that uh, in the in the thing when Ted Ginn ran it back, he said he ran past. We were that is still man. So that that you love that type of speed because you can't coach it. And to see it, you know, we, we saw like, like I was saying, his track highlights uh, that were going viral about him, you know, being fast. But to, to see it in pass is a whole different thing. Um, and I know uh, Kendall Jackson had a sack on Friday night for for Buck Holtz. Um. Kind of hard keeping up with some of these kids. Um, that's the one thing about trying to keep up with these kids at some of these high schools. Then they, you know, you're, you follow a whole bunch of reporters and things that cover your kids from 2023. Now you got to find all new ones yeah. for 2024 to, to try to keep up with all these kids. It's not all, not all of them being DJ Lagway and getting the national exposure. But if you don't, make sure you follow us on our social media pages, especially on our Twitter. Every Friday night, we run the Friday night under the lights thread where we try to post highlights as people tweet them out from various games of our commits. So make sure you check that out. It's, it's running every Friday night into Saturday morning as we find clips later on, maybe in the night or on Saturday, we add them to that thread. 
I didn't do it this past week, but I, I, I steal them from the boys and I put them on the reels on our Facebook page. So y'all can see them there too, like some of the things. So uh, whenever yeah. uh, they post them, I steal them and put them on my Facebook. <laughs> yeah, we'll make sure he, he gets that for the Facebook group next week. <clears throat> All right, guys. Um, Hey, it's debt chart season, boys. You know, debt chart season. Um, where our favorite word or is used a lot. And um, so the debt chart was released last night for the Utah game. And there's a few things that stand out on it. But here, I want to I want to emphasize this before we go any further. Take this debt chart with a ginormous, I mean, boulder size grain of salt. Um, the one prime example I want to use on this, and I spoke about it like on our Facebook group as people were speaking about it, um, is Arliss Boardingham is no, named is like number three on the tight end list. This is a young man that's going to play in multiple positions on the field. Um, not to mention he missed some practices in spring, so I mean that might have something to do with it. But you're also going to see him lined up at one tight end spot or maybe at split out wide. Like he's not going to just line up tight end the whole game. So I think that is very much by design is him not being listed as a starting tight end because he's a flexible player. Um, Some other things of note, probably the biggest one, uh, Kingsley is dealing with a high ankle sprain. He's listed on the depth chart as questionable. Uh, those in the know think that it, there's a very good opportunity here that Jake Slaughter starts at center for us. Would that be a big blow? Absolutely. It absolutely is. I've already listed Kingsley as one of my spotlight players for the season because, you know, you're breaking in a lot of new offensive linemen, and he's the anchor. So not being there week one on the road, hostile environment, an inexperienced center is not exactly the recipe you want for success now. Staff has all the you know confidence in the world in Jake Slaughter. They really like what he brings to the table, but it is a cause for concern, uh, right, CJ? Oh yeah. When, anytime you uh, worry about your starting center, your starting center really is more important because uh, he's going to touch the ball more than anybody else in the offense. Uh, I mean, he is the start and the beginning of every play. Uh, when you have a guy that isn't a lot very experienced. Um, you know, when he's between quarterback cadences, how he snaps the ball, understanding where the quarterback likes the ball to be snapped, um, handoffs, you know, things like that. There's just there's a lot of room for error. Not to say that uh, Slaughter will make a bunch of errors because he's been here for a long time now. They're working with him. The coaching staff has worked with him all offseason. I'm sure he's been the starting center for the twos. So, uh, you know, definitely a, a guy that's probably got plenty of reps. But you, you want the seniority of a guy like uh, Kingsley. To, to be there at your center spot. So definitely a cause for concern. Um, you know, it's definitely not going to be the end-all, be-all deciding whether we win the game or not. But it is it is a significant blow. I think that that's uh, very important to have a starting center uh, just because of how much command he has over the offense. And, and Kingsley's been hurt for about a week and a half plus here. So, so Slaughter's been taking these snaps. I, I mean, so it's not like this just happened a couple of days ago and, and – Jake got thrust into this all of a sudden. So they've had at least some time to prep. Now, I do expect game day Kingsley's probably going to tape it up. They'll probably give him a um a little bit of in you know shot of something, something, see how he feels, you know, get him out there doing some sprints and things, and then you know, we'll make a decision on that. Um, one other note about offensive line that struck me as as really knew about the debt chart was uh, Micah Mazuka is moved to right guard and um, Leonard is now at left guard, Richie Leonard. So to me, that was a change from even, you know, spring when Mazuka was slated in at the left guard, which is where I believe he played at Baylor. Yeah, so, I, got word, I got word last night. He, he's been there since he came back. Since he, he came has back he, well, that, and that doesn't, you know, obviously the staff knows what they're doing there. Uh, he, so, once again, we already mentioned it. He was right behind Osiris as like the number two guard statistically in the country. So he just slots right in for Osiris on that right guard position. Wes, anything on the depth chart that, that stuck out to you? I know one that did specifically because yeah. you've been hyped about this young man for a long time. So I'll let yeah. you leave with that. Yeah, even following his recruitment, uh, his recruitment last year, uh, he was all – he had a set date for his uh, – uh, 
rest in peace to his father that passed away, and he wanted to commit on that day. In the movement earlier for uh, the event that we had with all the recruits camp that recruited last year, but uh, watching the kids film last year, I was excited. I was like, man, we haven't had nothing. We haven't had anything like that in a while. So I think since Marcel Harris, maybe when he left, uh, that probably was the last good safety that we had uh, in the secondary. And um, I, I, I like Davis a little bit. But anyway, that's besides the point. I love this kid. I uh, saw so high, high upside with him. And He's talking about Jordan Castell, by the way. Yeah, yeah, Jordan <laughs> Castell. Yeah, my bad. Did I never say his name? Never, never said his name. You got so, you got so excited. You just yeah. was like, ah. Yeah. People on the edge of their seat. They bought a my ticket bad. for the whole seat. They're only going to use the edge. But to me, I he was going to pull it out and say Miguel Mitchell at the end or something. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> but I was like, trading is back, everybody. <laughs> but to me, I, I, I had issue, and I know we talked about it. I didn't think seeing Kamari and uh, Mitchell on the field at the same time would be it would it would worry me because I think they were. I, I told you guys I thought they were two strong safeties, and I think we needed somebody else back there with. Either or, I didn't care. I, I thought they were the same type of safety, and I wanted somebody else back there. And uh, Castell earned it. He uh, Obviously, the coaches saw it, uh, whether it was Corey Raymond, whether it was Coach Armstrong, whether it was Billy, whoever made the call, they saw it. And, and to me, that has to be another thing when we show troops, again, that the best man is going to play. We're not doing this seniority thing. Uh, we had a fifth-year, uh, I believe he's a fifth-year guy that came from Michigan with a lot of experience. He's back there. He plays the free safety spot as well. It wasn't about any of that. It was the best guy that performed well, that knew the defense, and he came and he did what he was supposed to do, and I, you got to love it. Uh, and I'll keep this short about Kingsley. I was on Kingsley a lot. Like, y'all know I've been on him with the snaps. With the, He would get the whole offensive line in trouble, but but he's the only one that would run this really offsides on everybody but the center, but it's really the center's fault. He would do all kinds of crazy stuff, but this worries me and excites me at the same time because I kind of want to see somebody else new. But then, like uh, Hirsch alluded to, you kind of don't want that on the road in this loud type atmosphere that you're going to be in week one. Uh, but uh, fortunately, the, the injury was kind of like a week and a half ago where he's been able to get some snaps with the first team and make some calls and, and, and get adjusted. So, uh, but I am I'm, I'm both worried. And, uh, and nervous but excited at the same time because I want to see what the next guy has uh, to offer. And Kingsley went to SST Media Day, so maybe he did improve and he was going to show me that he was ready. Um, so I uh, don't want to wish injury anybody, but if Slaughter can come in and, and say, hey, it's my job now, I would love that as well. CJ, anything else stick out to you about the depth chart? Uh, Khalil Jackson being very high. Absolutely. Uh, Khalil Jackson has been a guy that has come in and worked his ass off. To, to get where he's at. he's A lot of people are very high on Khalil Jackson. I like what I've seen from him. We've seen a lot of great tape on him. The guy, uh, the spring game was very good for him. Seems like a guy who just wants it. And I and, and the staff's going to reward him. So you look at that as a guy that's gone from a guy that wasn't on scholarship to a guy that's now going to be playing significant snaps, uh, you know, as a guy that's just worked his tail off and earned his, earned his minutes, earned his reps. That's that's a big deal. Uh, the other thing was Kimber being over Devin Moore, and I think that's a lot to do with Devin Moore being injured so much last year. But, two, Kimber, we really haven't got to see exactly what he's made of because, you know, you've been playing with a boxing glove on one hand <laughs> for a long time, and that's that's never good. Uh, he's an older guy now. He's a, he's kind of a grizzled vet at this point. He's been in college for a while. He highly recruited out of, uh, college, out of high school, uh, got him from Georgia uh, to enter the transfer portal. He flipped to us. Um and he's he's a guy that you were worried about with weight. Uh, you know, he's kind of put on enough bulk to kind of keep him healthy. But I think uh, he's going to definitely thrive in a spot this year because I think he's got the experience. He's worked now. He's been in the defense for a while. I think he could definitely come in and make uh, make an impact for us now. It's funny you say that about putting on the weight because the debt chart lists him at 285 pounds. And so they got it figured out. <laughs> he, 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 him, and, him and the defensive line have just been hanging, and they've just been – Pizza. They, they dropped them, they drop them off at a golden – They dropped them off at the golden corral about five. <laughs> come on, man. You're coming with us. They drop them off at the golden corral about five, and they pick him up about seven. He's been on that diet plan. So he's, he's put on 80, 85 pounds. He's doing good. <laughs> little typo on the depth chart. It happens. Guys, like I said, take this depth chart. It's week one. Take it with a gigantic grain of salt. You're going to see a lot of kids play in this game, especially week one. 
as you're still getting into that game condition, <coughs> kids are going to be shuffling in and out uh, different packages for different situations, obviously. A lot of linebackers, it was it was a, a thing that stuck out to me. You got Scooby starting over uh, Tarada Mitchell. I mean, to me, you know, Mitchell obviously tra- – very uh, elder statesman of the linebacker room transfer down from Ohio State. But I think that that's a room where you're going to see a lot of guys in and out. You're going to see, depending on the situational football, uh, absolute rundowns. I think you'll see Mitchell in there a lot. I think they'll make sure he's in there. I think you'll see um, in passing downs, you'll see Manning Nunnery in there a lot because he's an excellent coverage linebacker. So um, you're just going to see a lot of – just like Sap is listed as a starter at uh, defensive end, but you're going to see Jack Pyburn play some football Thursday night. It's just going to – he's going to be out there. So we'll keep an eye on it. That was the one thing we knew last year was the problem was you weren't seeing guys rotated in and out, and you were seeing us in the third quarter against Utah getting gouged in the run game. Yep. So – I think you're going to see a healthy dose of rotations early and often. And we're about to get into it. I think Armstrong's going to be bringing, bringing the heat. So with that being said, guys, let's talk about this game a little bit. It's here. It's upon us. Team flew out today. They're flying out. They're going to stay in Dallas overnight to get ahead of the storm. And then they'll fly into Utah, you know, I believe the morning of the game, I believe it is what they mm-hmm. said they're going to do. So basically their plan to deal with it, the elevation is get in, get out. We're not going to have time for it to take toll on us. We're going to get in, we're going to play this football game, and we're going to hit to the house, hopefully with a big W. So let's talk about some things. Obviously, it's still not known if Utah Cam quarterback Cam Rising is going to play or not. I would bet money on that he does it, but – I could see where you could bet money on that he does. It's just one of those things. Does this game matter to Utah in the big scheme of things? Probably not. But after losing last year, I can also see Kyle Winningham at home wanting to do everything he can to pull a W here. Um, I don't know, guys. I still got this. I got a really good feeling that I didn't have a few weeks ago about this game. I've, I've heard a lot more about how Graham Mertz is just – practiced his ass off and and really taking control of the team. Heard some comments Josh Pate made that Billy made to him at media days about how Wisconsin's coach had reached out to him and say, we misused the kid. We we didn't use him the way we should have. And and Billy thinks he's got a good game plan for Graham Mertz, and he's got weapons that he never had before. I think you're going to see a steady – Dose of the run game early and often. I don't think anybody is going to be too surprised by that. But like I just said, man, I think Armstrong, I think Coach Armstrong might be the difference in this game over what we even saw last year versus Utah. I think you're going to see blitzes. I think he has faith to leave Jason Marshall and Kimber or Moore out on an island. As pressure comes, I just, I think if you if you have Cam Rising and he's not mobile, you're blitzing him. If you've got a quarterback without a whole, whole lot of experience, you're blitzing him and causing confusion. And I think that's where the Gators are going to have an advantage in this game. CJ, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, you know, I mean, Cam Rising playing is definitely going to make a difference one way or the other. He's a phenomenal quarterback, one of the better quarterbacks in the country right now. Uh, definitely not going to be 100%. Tight end won't be 100% either uh, if he plays – you know, two guys that are really good players, but you you, you, you kind of worry about their where they're at physically. Um, you know, Utah is also going to have a, a freshman left tackle starting, uh, which is going to really kind of we'll, we'll see how he does. Not to say he's going to get just plowed over. He's playing college football. He's obviously skilled. Um, but, you know, you always worry about that. I would be terrified of that myself, you know, if we had a freshman left tackle playing uh, in a game like this. Uh, and I, two, this means more to Utah than I think it's been made of, because if Utah's aspirations are college football playoff, and they lose to us week one, they go they run the gamut, they go twelve and one. Uh, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of talk though. You know, when they get to the threshold, especially if you've got a couple of really good SEC teams, and you've got a really good Notre Dame team or a really good Ohio State team, uh, really good Clemson team or Florida State. 
you're going to be you're going to be looking at them and saying, yeah, they won all these games, but they're twelve and one. The one loss was against Florida, and, and you know we've got other SEC teams that are ten and two, eleven and one, uh, you know what have you. We're going to put them in. So this game means a lot to them if they do have college football playoff hopes, because this could be a marquee win for them, and especially it could really help excuse a loss later in the season. Uh, you know, even if we are down, this is an important on out of conference game for them, and you know how much that matters to the uh, the college football playoff committee. Um, we're going to have to definitely attack. Uh, we saw last year the defense, in my opinion, for the, for the most part of the game, played a really solid game last year. It just was when you got to the point where everybody was so tired and they were gassed because they weren't able to rotate in and out that you really started to see Utah gaseous. So it wasn't like we just got absolutely pummeled last year against Utah. I mean, we, we didn't give up that many points compared to other games we played last year for sure. I, I think that we have a solid game plan for them. Their offense hasn't changed much, if all. You know, they're pretty much the same team they were last year, with or without rising, depending on what happens with him. Uh, you know, you're just really going to be looking at the, all, at the offense. You know, we're going to look at the offensive line. They're going to have to step up. Um, you know, you're going to have to run on these guys. They're returning pretty much all of their defensive production from last year, aside from maybe one one linebacker. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, but they're for about <laughs> 75% of their team has, has come you back. You mean a so former Gator linebacker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so uh, so most of their teams come back. It's pretty much the same team we played last year. They're just a year older, year wiser. Pac-12 champions. They had a great football team, great end of the season last year. Um, you know, it's kind of vice versa where us is where they went on to do bigger and better things after the first loss. We kind of petered out at the end. So it's going to be a difficult game. You're playing on the road. You're playing in a place you've never played before. The altitude is definitely going to play a part, not as much as Twitter is saying it is, whatever they have to believe. We have a lot of people that are really, really into uh, altitudes and <laughs> barometric pressure and things right now. <laughs> uh, along with, with with weight and diet and strength and conditioning, these guys are just geniuses. But um, no, I think that Billy's definitely prepared. The coaching staff has done all the research to be as well prepared as you can. It's kind of like Utah when they came in last year to play us, and they get into Gainesville, and you know you could prepare as much as you want to, but until you get here, you know we saw guys throwing up, you know, on the sideline from the heat. So you know you can prepare as much as you want to, but it's going to be different in the game setting. But you know. I think that we've made some strides. I think we've added play, uh, pieces where we really struggled last year, specifically on the defensive line. You're not going to have a guy like Gervon was where he was just absolutely gassed at the end of the game because he played almost every snap. You're going to be able to rotate those guys in and out. Secondary, uh, you've got some young safeties back there, but we've heard good stuff out of Castell. Um, you know, th- maybe the secondary plays a little better this year, especially with Corey Raymond being the coach for the entire secondary now. Austin Armstrong, any, any indication of what we saw in the spring game, he's not afraid to be aggressive. He's going to get after them. Uh, you know, when you have a starting freshman left tackle and then a quarterback that's either the backup or Cam Rising not at 100%, blitzing is definitely kind of the what the doctor would order in this situation to really get them off off the balance, uh, make them make them make a few mistakes. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. I think we're better prepared than I think the national media would have you believe. But that's okay. You know, I don't want anybody thinking we're going to win. I'd rather be the underdog in this situation. All right, Wes, what are your takes about this game? Yeah, man, um, I'm I'm with you. I think Armstrong is going to have a big uh, influence on this game. <clears throat> uh, CJ pointed out about the left tackle. Uh, you remember uh, left tackle is a true freshman. Uh, when we played Miami a couple years ago, and they had that true left tackle, of the last name was Nelson because he was he went to the same school as uh, Boone, matter of fact, Diane Sumter, uh, South Carolina. They went to the same school. But anyway, Zaniga and Grenard showed out. They ate him alive. I need Princely to have that same kind of night. And whoever else comes in the field behind him, you got to – Princely is a bet now. Uh, he's been here a while now. Uh, he has aspirations to get, and he's talented. And we saw him last year; like he would get there, and he would, couldn't like close every time. Uh, we saw it with Jordan Travis a couple times last year against FSU. Um, so he's talented enough to to eat this. If he's that guy and wants to be in the NFL, he has to he has to punish this true freshman. Um, I want to see a big night from my edge rushers. 
uh, with that dude, that, that, that left tackle. So uh, to me, that's the key of how we uh, operate there. Uh, we kind of talked about the offensive line of as far as, far as I was offensive line with a new center. We got four, now about to be five guys in as far as new because Barber played right side last year. So now he's at left tackle. And our ability to run the game, run the ball. We have to be able to run the ball and run it well. And Mertz has to be efficient when is this, when his number is called. He has to hit the receivers and give them a chance to make plays. I want to see Ricky uh, not only catch the ball, but catch the ball and be able to do something after the catch. Like hitting him in stride and be able to do things I think will be key. If we can keep it in like third and manageable situations. Uh, so that would be up to Montreal and ETN to get off. And hopefully they can. If they can get off and, and, and get to yards, we ran well against them. I know some of the yards were by AR, but we ran very, very well against this Utah defense last year. Uh, and I, they have a lot of guys coming back, so hopefully uh, we're able to run uh, efficiently this year. And we have to, and I, I forgot to talk about this when I was talking about our defense, we have to stop them from running. In the second half, they got, I know we, we had some guys tired, and we, we talked about our guys playing a lot of snaps. But that's where they ate us up. And I, I think that's the key with Ryzen playing. I think he had like seven catches, I mean, seven rushes for like 90-something yards. And they were like key runs, especially on that last drive. I was freaking out like, we can't stop him. Like, he's going to score. He almost scored on one when he broke loose. So uh, his ability to play, and if he does play, can he move like he moved last year against us? Will we keep him in check when it's third and four? Will we keep him in the pocket and keep our rush lanes uh, because we know we didn't do that very well last year. Uh, uh, we, we, we talked about that a lot. Cox not being able to keep contained. Can they keep contained and keep the guys in the pocket and make plays that way? So that is going to be very, very key to us winning. And I know Dalton Kincaid was their best tight end last year. He was a first-round pick. He went to the uh, Buffalo Bills. But Bethy is the one that destroyed us last year. It wasn't Kincaid. It was Bethy. He had like 100-something yards. Uh, and, and catch, he had nine receptions, I believe. Yeah, he he's the one that destroyed us. Kincaid didn't do nothing. It was the other tight end, so uh, we have to keep an eye on him. That's who they like to throw about throw to. We talked about that last year on the pod. He's also like, coming off an ACL tear, though. Yeah, he's that's nine months removed. So yeah, CJ said that. So hopefully, I don't want to say hopefully the guy can't play, but I just want, if he plays, we have to key on him because he ate our lunch last year. He destroyed. Bernie and Bernie end up having to pick at the end, but I don't want to say it was Bernie's fault. He's just a good player. And sometimes good players make plays. I mean, we had we had Pitts. We had a great tight end in Pitts. And I don't care what they did, they couldn't stop Pitts. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I would like to bracket that guy because <laughs> I don't believe in their wide receivers. And we, we love Jason Marshall. We had we love you talk about Kimber and Moore over in the other corner and how Armstrong can trust those guys and we can blitz. I'd rather us man up. And, and, and bracket tight end. We can't allow that again this year. We have to be able to stop that run. And I think the big key in the game will be whether or not uh, Cam Rising plays. And if he plays, how well can he move? Because he didn't throw for a lot of their yards last year. It was more him rushing the ball in key situations that gave us fits last year. So um, those are my keys, uh, each and every one of them, I believe. I don't think I missed anything. From my All right. Time to put our money where our mouth is. <clears throat> well, Wes, you're hot off of it. Score prediction. Score prediction. If Cam Rising plays, I do both. Both of them are victories. I'll just go ahead and get that part out. If he plays, 27-17. If he doesn't play, 27-10. He's good for another seven points. I can't believe he picked us to lose both times. No. I'm just kidding. He's saying Florida wins. He ain't even say nothing. He's he's so confident. I did. I said both of these these would be victories. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, CJ. I know it's it's tough to to back up all that hype, but I'm best. I I got. I guess you know I don't ever want to pick us to lose because I feel like a I feel like a you know what if I do um you know I don't really really like doing this but. I say I say we win, and I'll I'll be I'll be this guy. I say we win um, twenty one to twenty. That's that's how close I am on the fence of this game. Uh, if it was in the swamp, I'd feel a lot better. Um, but you know that's just a, it's a haul, man. You got to go over there and play these guys with a team that's much more experienced than you are with a coach that's been there a lot longer. Um, but I think we win twenty one to twenty. I think it's close. You, you got the same score of Cam Rising plays. 
Yeah, I, I think it. We beat CJ, him last year, so I don't think it really matters whether he plays or not. So CJ I think that, giving tribute there to the late Bob Barker going uh, one one dollar right. over. <laughs> <laughs> um, he must have been. He was reading my notes and he undercut me. Um, I got twenty four to twenty. That that is with Ryzen play. I do think Ryzen gives it a go. I think their running attack will get some chunk yardage plays on us. I absolutely do. As as we break in. You know, this is nine new starters on a defense. So there's going to be some growing pains. Now, do I believe all those big boys on the line are going to make a difference? Absolutely, I do. But game one, there will be some breakdowns. You can absolutely guarantee it's going to happen. But I'd rather it happen in the running game than in the passing game. You know, just don't give up big 50, 60-yard plays, and we're going to be golden, I got a feeling. No, no more third and Grantham in on here. No, um, no third and Tony. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you think Cam makes a difference in the game if he plays or don't plays? I think his knowledge of the offense and his confidence level makes a difference. Um, but if Armstrong is able to do what I think he's able to do with the with masking and and sending blitzes from all different places and him not probably having faith in that knee live to me it's just it's just the same as having in a guy now granted rising's better at knowing okay this is where my target's gonna be you know because he's worked with these guys a lot more probably the backup court, obviously they've already lost their backup quarterback. So now they're under their third string and they have a talented freshman who they're going to find ways to get into the game and packages anyway. Uh, I believe Whittingham has already said that. So you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta have prepared, you gotta be prepared for that. You know, the old Mullen AR plays and things of that nature. So um, the reason why I asked him, because he has to be rusty from what I heard. The last thing I heard, he hadn't had started doing any 11 on 11s. Like he wasn't clear to even do that stuff. So if he doesn't play, I'm not going to be the least bit yeah. surprised. I'm not going to be the least bit surprised. They got a, I believe they got a, who do they have week two? Is it Baylor or do they have a gimme game? Week? Thank you. So I, think they have, uh, no, I think they do have a gimme game. Don't they? Don't they play like a, our sisters of the blind or somebody like that kind of, well, kind of team? It's Baylor. <laughs> It is what it is, Baylor. I think so. It's in the first three weeks. Well, that's rough. That's rough to go from Florida to Baylor. That's tough. And therein lies the quandary that Whittingham has in front of him because you could easily, if you don't get him out there and just take your lumps, you could go down quickly 0 2. Mm-hmm. And then you focus on winning the Pac 12 at that point. Yeah, but then you got UCLA coming in right after. I mean, it's, it's, if they do have Baylor that fast, that's not an easy road to hope. Yep, they have Baylor. I'm just pulled it up. Then they go to Weber State. Okay, okay. I mean, that's Weber State comes down. That was the team I was looking for. I thought uh, I thought they played them second. Nah, see, now not. I could still see him saying, "Okay, I want Rising to sit one more week, get him in versus Baylor, sit him against Weber." Maybe I don't know. I mean, it's not an easy decision for Whittingham if you if you have any kind of long-term aspirations for this season with him as a senior and the tight end as a senior, you know, but you can't be loyal just to two players. You got a whole yeah. team full of kids. You have to make the best decision for, for sure. And, and Kyle's an old school coach, man. He's, he's, you know, he learned under the uh, tutelage of one urban Meyer and we know how that goes. All right, guys, it's time to make a season prediction. We're here. We're ready. Um, I started with Wes for the game prediction. I already know it's going to be hype from Wes. So I'm going to let CJ break us in slow here with his season prediction, and then we'll let Wes uh, really blow the roof off. CJ, I, what do you think? I, I've got a 7-5, uh, and 8-5 of the bowl win. I think that's that's where I'm at. We could easily go 8-4. and four, We could easily go 6-6. Six and six. So I'm going to hedge my bet. I'm going to put it 7-5. and five. It's just a tough schedule. And it's going to be tougher next year, but you, you but you've got a tough schedule with a bunch of kids that are young or haven't played a lot together. Um, there's just going to be growing pains. I'm not really concerned so much as much as other people will. I think everybody else is like, oh, seven five is a failure. We need to get a new coach. Whatever. I don't. I don't care. But seven and five to me is kind of where we're at. You've got a lot of teams. I think we'll win a game we're not supposed to. We'll probably lose a game we're supposed to win. 
it's just one of those kind of seasons where you've got Arkansas, you've got LSU, you've got a much improved South Carolina, you've got Georgia, you've got Florida State, um, you know, Missouri, you know, they're always a challenge for us for whatever reason, Kentucky on the road at Kentucky, um, you know, Tennessee coming to the swamp. So it's it's not going to be an easy slate of games, but I think seven and five, eight and five, you win the the really a quest bowl or whatever they're calling it now. Um <laughs> And, you know, you, you build on next year, you get your guys in from this great recruiting class and, you know, you really start to go to work the next year. All right, Wes, this is your time to shine, baby. What do you got? So we're not going to go 12 and 0. I'm not going to say 11 and 1, but I think we go 10 and 2. <laughs> the floor for this thing, I'm serious. I think we go 10 and 2. And the reason why, and, and I'm saying that, but. This Utah game will give me the, this Utah game will let me know where this team is at. And I, and because it to me is the defense and Mertz. I, I need to see how our defense look and I need to see how Mertz looks. I know people want to say South Carolina's improved. They still have uh old boy as, at QB. We talk about Kentucky, who was horrible last year. Tennessee comes to us this year. Those are games that people would consider flip coin flips, and I don't see why the, it can't flip on heads for us. So I, I, I think LSU, Georgia, and uh, FSU might be – and we have them at home, FSU. And we go to LSU and Georgia. And I'm not saying we're going to lose yet because that game hasn't come. And I need to see how Georgia and Carson Beggs look. I need to see how LSU and uh, Daniels look in year two. But I think those three games are, 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 the, are the games that would probably uh, give us fits. So maybe nine and three. But the, the coin flip games of South Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee, I, I have us uh, winning. Because those are the games that could go either way, and that's why CJ is like 7-5, 8-4. Because those games, you, you and I, when you say 7-5, you count FSU, Georgia, and LSU as losses, and you're thinking, man, Tennessee might get us, Kentucky might get us, or South Carolina might get us, or even Arkansas maybe. You think by Arkansas, those four teams. And I just think – this is going to be the year that people are going to see the progress of this team in year two and the culture. Some of the guys that we get out and probably still have to get out uh, from out of the program. But I, I, I think <laughs> that was a little shade at, but, uh, but I, I think this is where we're, we're heading. This is going to be a year that's going to surprise everybody. Uh, Billy's been kind of weirdly confident, man, in his press conferences about things and see, uh, not CJ, but Hurst mentioned uh, what uh, I think Paul Chris told, uh, Billy, about them, the way they use Merce and how they didn't use him the right way. And we, we talk about our weapons and our running backs. And, and, and I said Armstrong, but I think the offensive line as well. The offensive line, Armstrong and Merce, they're going to show me and you all the, prog- the progression of this team. 10 and 2. All right. We don't call him the hype man for nothing. Y'all y'all don't kill him well, in the comments. If we if we go 10 and 2, I, glad, I gladly eat so. <laughs> I throw a party. I dance at your next <laughs> wedding. We go 10 and 2. <laughs> All right. I had on my notes right here. I mean, it's it's in my notes. 7 and 5. But CJ said 7 and 5. So I'm up in the bets. Go up. <laughs> up in the bets. I'm going to go with 8 and 4. Just so we're not all saying the same thing. I think I've kind of sold you with the schedule. The, the I don't think you sold me on nothing. I <laughs> you sold him. What's up? He said, I used to an Eskimo. Look at him. I had to drag you out my headphones. I told him I knew what was coming. No, I think this team, I I agree, we'll beat somebody we shouldn't. We'll lose one we shouldn't. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of surprises. I think you're going to see a lot of growth from young guys through the season. I think Graham Mertz might have 27 touchdowns and 2,800 yards which I think will be a tremendously good season as long as he doesn't have 17, 18 interceptions on the other side of that stat line. Um, I, you know, but this team is thin, man. It's young, especially like we said at that safety position, you got like five kids in that rotation at safe at, for two safety spots. Um, so if you have a couple of key injuries, this all could go South real quick. I mean, yeah. it's just the way it is. And I know, Injuries can affect every team. I get it. I do. But this is a young team, not a lot of experience. You don't have experienced backups, um, even though it, you went into the portal and you did get some guys. But 
still a very young and inexperienced team as far as just playing time. So, you know, at the beginning of the season here, I, I could see some hiccups. I could see some really ugly football games. But it's how you deal with the adversity. Do you have an ugly football? You know, let's let's go back and look at Kentucky last year. Ugly football game. Probably the ugliest game of the whole season. Yes. But we should have won that football game. Yep. And I don't think anybody can argue that. We had every opportunity to end up winning that football game and just laid the whole egg. Now, this is where you need to see Billy take that step as a head coach and say, uh-uh, I learned my lessons last year. We're not going to make these same mistakes. We're not going to have these same hiccups. Um, I need to see Billy manage that middle eight better this season as far as time management. All of these things I'm expecting to see. And if you took anything away from the Swamp Kings documentary, just listen to what Urban said the difference was between season one and season two about learning about playing in the SEC and the difference in it. And, I mean, I know Billy was an assistant coach, but there's a whole different stress level and accountability level and everything that goes with it with being the head man. And Billy tried to do a lot – he had a lot on his plate for a season one coach. I mean, you're talking about you're not talking about a guy that inherited a, a team that the coach got fired because he was doing such a great job. You know, I, I mean, he, you know, like Ryan Day, he could, or, you know, like people say Ryan Day is on the hot seat because if he can't beat Michigan or Harbaugh's on the hot seat because he couldn't beat Ohio State. This is, you know, he inherited a hot mess from top to bottom. Yep, and took on every aspect of this rebuild he's involved in all of it and and i know people say well that's why he needs to hire an offensive coordinator and and maybe that's something that you see after this season is an adjustment he makes if he feels like that's something he needs i you know a lot of people believe that's what uh the young uh about callaway's being groomed for and guys like that that are these younger guys on the staff so i think we like i said i think we went a a game or two that we're not supposed to, or we're not favored in, Tennessee, knock on wood. Um, you know, you probably lose a game. I, I could see us losing to Arkansas. You know, I, the black uniform thing, I, I know it's a hyped-up thing, but that never seems to go well for anybody. Like, <laughs> it just seems like every time a team does it, they get distracted and then they don't play well. But, you know, hey, what do I know? So I'm sticking it, 8-4, and 9-4 and, nine and four with a bowl win. I think if we do that, this season is a tremendous victory from all sides. Um, and I think we'll all be really happy. Yep. And I'll be happy if we go seven and five, eight and five with the bowl win, like CJ predicted. It is all about even, how the team looks. Yes. Look you've good. got yes. to see improvements. Once again, young football team guys. This is a this is one of the youngest football teams in division one. And it's not even playing against one of the top five hardest schedules in D1. Like it's like two things that shouldn't go together. <laughs> so, you know, Hey, let's just, let's just get the third through Thursday night and we'll take it from there. All right, boys. It's that time of year again. It's time for the weekly pickums, baby. Week one, weekly pickums. Um, Hirsch is here to defend his title. Wes has vowed not to pick with his heart anymore. He's going to pick with his head. And CJ only got to pick one week with us last year, and he got throttled. So he's just trying to make up. <laughs> he's just trying to look like he's, he can he can make competent picks this year. So we're going to start uh, with a with a with a, a kind of a silly one, but it's not silly looking at the record. Vitek and Old Dominion at Lane Stadium. What'd you say the series record was in this one, CJ? Two and two? Two and two. They've been playing since 2017. They played four <laughs> games. It's two and two. Every time they play at Norfolk at Old Dominion, they've won. And then every time they played at uh, Blacksburg. Which this uh, game, uh, man? It's, in, it's, it's at in, Lane Stadium, baby. It's in Metallica Sandman's going to be blaring out. It's their coach's <laughs> uh, second year. Mr. Mr. Pry, I think his last name is. All right, CJ, put that pick in. I'll take Virginia Tech. It's a, they, had, they got a new head coach. This is his second season now. 
Uh, you can't, you cannot lose to Old Dominion in two years in a row. You got to get this one. If you don't get this one, they're going to run you out of town, uh, no matter what you do. You, you can't lose to Old Dominion two years in a row. All right, Wes. VTech. Yes, sir. I, I've said it before. I say it again. I don't pick against Sandman to open the season. I think I said the same thing last year. <laughs> There's nothing that gets me hyped more for college football outside of anything Florida related than listening to Sandman and seeing all those Vitek uh, kids and jumping up and down, getting hyped up. That's one of my favorite scenes in college football. Go Hokies. All right, game two. In the kickoff classic from Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Georgia Tech versus Louisville. Wes? This game is so freaking hard to pick. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm going to go Louisville. Is that Georgia Tech? No, it's in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Oh, in, well, of. technically, kind technically, <laughs> it's it's in Atlanta. <laughs> Louisville. All right, CJ. Oh, uh, man, I, I they probably wouldn't let me live here anymore if I didn't. Uh, I'll go with the Yellow Jackets. I'll take Georgia Ooh. Tech. Good luck to them. They both got a new head coach. Um, let's see what Georgia Tech's head coach had to finish the year off pretty strong last year. He looked a little better than – Man, I than, grew uh, up. I grew up in Atlanta, late 80s, early 90s. Watched Georgia Tech win a national championship. They were one of my, they were my Georgia team, if you will. Living in the state, I was a Gator fan, but I, I always cheered for Tech when they were playing too because I grew up. But um, yeah, give me Louisville because I think Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you got just me. like Louisville great Muhammad Ali, I rope a dope you to sleep on that one. <laughs> I think Louisville silently got a really good football team this year. I think they'll they'll surprise some people. I really do. All right. Tennessee at Virginia. Let's see if Joe Milton can go on the road. He says he doesn't lose in Florida. Let's see if he loses. Does he lose in Virginia, CJ? No, I, I got Tennessee. I'll take Tennessee big in this one. Virginia Tech, new head coach. Um, dealing with a lot there. So, I, I think Tennessee's – yeah, excuse me, Virginia. Yeah, Virginia, they hired uh, – What's his name from Clemson? Clemson yeah, that, this is third year. I this think third year, second or third second year. year. Second year. Second, second year. year. I don't care what year it is. Give me, give me the balls. <laughs> give me the balls in this one. I, I'll take them. I think you know if they don't win this game, there's going to be some eyes are going to be pretty wide in Neyland. But uh, I'm gonna watch. I will watch. I, I, I'm right. definitely. We all going to be watching. Yeah. All right, Wes. Who is it? I'm, I'm with CJ. Uh, I think he still needs time to get his players down there in Virginia if he can ever get them there. But I'm going with Tennessee. Yeah, Virginia don't scare me against anybody in the SEC, and I think Tennessee's Tennessee still got enough talent to roll them boys out the out their own door. So give me the balls on that one. All right, Clemson at Duke. This ain't your daddy's Duke. It ain't Steve Spurrier's Duke. <laughs> if it was, they'd have a better chance. I, I'm going with the Tigers. Go Tigers! Go the Tigers! All right, CJ. Man, I've always, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the blue, the the Blue Devils. I love Duke. Uh, they've always been really cool to watch, and for that reason, I'm going to pick Clemson because I know how how good Duke isn't. Uh, so the Tigers are going to roll. I think uh, they're going to get started hot. They don't usually lose their opener. All right, this one ought to be a fun game just to watch. If if not for anything, for entertainment purposes. Colorado at the Horn Frogs of TCU. Horn Horn Dogs. The Horn Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, CJ. You think Prime can get it done against the defending national runner-up? I uh, know. Short answer. Short answer. No. TCU wins. I think TCU wins, and I don't think it's close. Wes. Yeah, uh, TCU has had a lot of turnover. I mean, like. They lost a lot of people, a lot of players from that uh, run uh, championship playoff team. So um, I'm going to go with TCU because I just don't believe in Dion. <laughs> Not yet. I'm going to say, Colorado's had a lot of turnover too. I was going to say, if any turnover. Exactly. I think they got three players that came back. Look, Dion brought kids into spring and kicked them out in the spring and got new players. <laughs> Dion said, if you ain't eight toes down, I ain't keeping you. That's right. <laughs> Look, man, there became a running thing on this show last year when we did pick'ems, and that was you do not 
under any circumstances pick against TCU. And that won't and I'm not start, I'm not starting the trend this year. Horn Frogs rolled Dion in his little chair right out the way out the door <laughs> and, and send him on back to Boulder to to complain some more about something. All right. Sixth game, Minnesota at Nebraska as Matt Rule makes his debut as the Nebraska head coach. Wes, who you got? This is another tough one. Um, this might be the toughest one on the sheet. Matt Rule is a good college coach. He wasn't made out for the NFL. I'm going to go with Matt Rule. Oh. CJ? Give me the Gophers, the Golden Gophers. If you were sleeping on Minnesota, I think a lot of people are a little high on Minnesota I I, in that area. I, I picked with my heart again, Hurst. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Golden <laughs> Gophers. I think I think they've got the. I think they got a pretty good defense. Uh, I think they're going to take care of business. Nebraska's got a lot to learn. Uh, they got a lot of turnover too. They're going to take a little while to gel. I agree with that. I, I love the way Rules uh, recruiting. He, he's coming on strong in the recruiting game. I think he's going to get Nebraska back to a respectable. Uh, you know. Playing school, but not this week. Give me Minnesota. Give me the Golden Gophers. All right. Boise State traveling up to play Washington. CJ. Give me the Huskies uh, in this one. I think a lot of people are picking Boise State, and I, I'm going to take the Huskies. I, I like the Huskies. I think they, they've got what it takes to beat them. Boise State isn't exactly the Boise State of old. They aren't the, the team they used to be. You know, the team that really could show up and dominate college football every year. So give me the Huskies. I, I like I like them in the week one match. Wes? Yeah, you gotta I'm gonna go with the home team. Washington. Yeah, I always like Washington at Washington. I like uh Michael Penix. I think he's a damn fine quarterback and a good example of what they you know, people have used to stereotype uh Graham Mertz as well. I mean, you saw this young man. He just needed to change the scenery, getting out of that crappy uh, <laughs> football, you know, conference that they don't play much uh, good offense except at Ohio State. All right. UTSA at Houston. Why? Because this was a bad week of football games, and this is just, you know, an entertaining little game here. <laughs> what, uh, CJ? As uh, Doug Belk's second year as the head coach at Houston, I think. Yep. Uh, TCU, uh, excuse me, TCU. UTSA had a great season last year. They were actually, I think, were like ten and two. They had a great year. Their coach decided to stay. Um, but I think that, that Doug Belk's got a lot to prove. I'm going to take the, the Cougars on this one. I'll take Houston. I think that uh, I think that Doug Belk is going to be out to really kind of cement himself back to where he was prior to taking the head coaching job. Wes. I'm going to go with Houston as well. All right. There we have it, boys. I agree. Houston. Houston at home. All right. Now we got some. We got a couple of thinkers right here, boys. In the Dukes-Mayo Classic, UNC versus USC, South Carolina Gamecocks, Rattler versus May. Wes, who you got? This is a doozy. I know South Carolina's not ranked, but I don't think they like – Way out there. They're like 27, 28. If, if yeah, they're in the others receiving votes category right there on the top. I'm not. 21st. Yeah, and I don't know how good North Carolina is. I just think it's Drake May. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think they're ranked there because of May. I don't know how talented they are. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with South Carolina because I think they're going to beat Georgia this year too. So I'm going to go with USC. You they heard go- that here for, first, folks. Yeah. Episode one week of the three. Week, week one pick'ems, Wes, predicting. CJ, who you got? Give it to Tar Heels. Uh, I think this game is going to be one of those games that's going to be like 50-something to 40-something. <laughs> I think that they're both going to absolutely go in and put on an offensive explosion. I'm not confident in either team's defense. I'm just going based on the fact that I think I like Drake May a little more than I like Spencer Rattler. A little um, a little more than I like Spencer Rattler. I'm, I'm not as high on Drake May as, as really? a lot of folks. I think I'm higher on like Sam Hartman than I am Drake May. But that's that's just. I'm going to tell you right now, Beamer Ball started the, uh, ended the season on a roll, and I, I really like the direction that program was going. And 
I'm gonna go ahead and pick South Carolina in this game. I, I got a feeling that they're they're a better overall football team than Drake May is just a one man show up there. And <laughs> yeah. I just I'm not I'm not buying it. I wasn't real impressed with him and what I saw in a lot of in some of the doses I watched to him last year as well. But um, you know, if he'd have come to Florida, he'd have been the best quarterback <laughs> in this. <country>. <laughs> <laughs> um, without without a doubt. So, all right, boys, here's the big one that's not obviously Florida, the game, Utah, of the <laughs> LSU versus FSU in Orlando, kind of a neutral site game. Um, who boy, this ought to be a fun one. CJ, who do you have? Y'all ain't gonna let me come back on the show next week. <laughs> I'm taking, I'm taking the Knowles. Give me the Knowles. I think the Knowles beat LSU. LSU just seems like they are. There's too much going on over there. They got suspensions. They got guys fighting in practice, and I'm just worried that they're just not getting it together. I'm worried if there's too much internally that's bothering them. And Florida State's a talented team. They brought in a lot of talented pieces. Um, I know we don't like them. I really don't like them. I live 30 minutes from Tallahassee. I, you know, I'd love to see them lose. I'm not rooting for them, but I, I think if Florida State wins this one, Wes. I'm, I need Harold Perkins to have like 10 sacks. I'm going with LSU. I need him to destroy Florida State by himself. LSU Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> I'm on board. I think Mr. Perkins is going to gather all night. He's going to be get after that ass all night. <laughs> That is a player the likes of uh, – FSU didn't get any kind of dose of Mr. Harold Perkins last season. Um, If they're going to get the full up-close and personal view of what I think is a top-five player in the country, regardless of position. It's Michael Parsons of the college football. I think that young man is a a number one future pick. I just – I disagree with you. I think he's he's in the same vein as we talked about Will Anderson. I think he's one of those guys that just he's a great player, but is he enough? That, that's where I'm. That's I where think, I'm at. I think I think he. Let me put it this way: I think he can be disruptive enough. And I got to see Travis beat a ranked team. I have got to see him make plays against a talented football team when it counts. Not a Oklahoma team that's got four to five losses. Not a Florida team with you know. Five losses uh, or six losses, um, five losses, I'm sorry. Not, you know, any of those other ACC teams. He couldn't do it against Clemson. He couldn't do it against NC State. And who was the other one in the in, they Wake, lost? Wake, Wake Forest. Wake Forest. The three most talented teams that he played that, that were ranked last year, he wet the bit. So this will be his get. Now, if he proves it, I'll come on and say, hey, that man has taken the step. But if he wins this game and he shows out, then he's probably right into the Heisman conversation. And, and you know, obviously Verse is a very talented guy on the defense, but I just I think LSU has more overall talent uh, that didn't come from the transfer portal. Now, yes, they do have some internal issues to get over, but I'm going to take the Tigers all day before I pick the damn Nolans. You can bet your money on that. All right, boys, that's it. That is the week one pick-ems are in the books. The the picks are recorded, and they will be televised next week. The, the, the revolution the, will be televised. The revolution will be televised, and, and we will know who's on the way to to being the champion this year. Probably going to be me, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm, just kid- I'm just kidding. Um, I think Wes is serious this year. I think last year he was just trying to <laughs> – he was trying to be like some kind of a celebrity picker or something. He was trying to be like, <laughs> like Luke Bryant coming on and picking guys versus, you know. <laughs> All right, guys. Once again, please, 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 if you're in the path of this hurricane or this tropical storm when it gets to you, stay safe. Take care of you, your family. Um, and if you got power and you're bored, hopefully you're listening to this podcast and other podcasts. And if you are, you know, go ahead. Drop a subscribe on the channel, a like on the video, and leave us a comment down below. Leave your record predictions in the comments yeah. down below, Gator fans. We will read them. We will we will drop a like on each and every one of them that you do. CJ, what do you got for the people before we leave? 
Hey, guys, just make sure you're always checking us out on the Twitter. Check us out on the Facebook. Thank you for supporting us as creators. Leave your comments below uh, in, in the YouTube. Tell us how wrong we are. Tell me how wrong I am. You guys like to do that a lot. That's fine. I, I'm just here for the engagement. So uh, you guys just <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I hope you guys give us a thumbs up on the video. Like, comment, subscribe. You'll be entered to win that swinging Gator golf hat. Check our friends out at Alma Mater. You can get this sporty new black hat that I'm wearing, the Pell Era logo uh, for the, the black blackout game. You get your black attire over there. They've got uh, the helmet, you know, the jerseys and things like that. They'll be releasing more stuff, I'm sure, through the season. But check them out. Use our link. That's going to help out a lot. Um, just just great for you guys. I'm, I'm so glad we've got football season finally starting. Uh, we're, it's, it's finally here. We've got real, actual, honest-to-God football to talk about. Uh, keep up with the conversations with us. We love talking football with you guys. Keep the questions coming. If you guys have any questions for us, leave them below in the YouTube. We'll try to get to them. We're not doing the pot of the people right now during this season, if you missed that last week. So uh, just letting you guys know, we will be back with another show Mr. West is going to tell us about. Yeah, um, we will be doing a show on Friday, uh, Friday morning. So you should be able to you guys probably get that Friday afternoon. Uh, not every Friday morning. Yeah, but, just because but. Yeah. <laughs> this game is Thursday. It can't be every Friday morning because we don't play this Saturday. We just go. We yeah. gonna know. We gonna yeah, know what's so gonna guys, happen. Uh, check out reactions <laughs> from the the game Thursday. Uh, we we'll probably have that out sometime Friday afternoon uh, to you guys. So you guys are evening, either one. But you guys will be able to hear our reaction to uh, the game on, which will be this Thursday. Um, and as Hirsch reiterate uh, said, uh, you guys take this seriously. Uh, uh, be safe down there. Get out if you got to get out. If it's coming your way, uh, don't play around with this. Uh, just wish all you guys prayers. I'm, I'm praying, guys. So I pray for all you guys' safety and you get your families and you, you be safe throughout the storm and, and and get you set. Get I don't know what state you might go to next door, but get in a nice hotel and watch the game on Thursday. Enjoy the game Thursday. So uh, and our link will be in the description of the title of this episode. So click that to get you. Get your shop on for getting gear for the season if you uh, need some more gear. And uh, that's it. So, as always, uh, go Gators 10 and 2, baby. Go Gators. Work <laughs> go Gators, baby. Get that dub. <laughs> we will catch y'all next week.